0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor, and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, the community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello, everyone. My name is Taya, and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to the wonderful Chris Anders, who specializes in travel photography and environmental portrait photography. A typical adventure in Chris's life involves miles and miles of hiking, carrying very heavy camera equipment, and shooting in ice-cold locations. We talk about setting boundaries on social media, how to take stunning travel pictures, how to make friends as a photographer, and much more. Please enjoy hi chris welcome to great big photography world podcast i'm thrilled to have you here please introduce yourself to the listeners
1: hi tasia so pleasure to meet you i am so happy to be here i'm christopher andrus go by chris i'm born and raised in southern alberta canada it's still a colder part of canada but i'm based right out of the rocky mountains um it's one of my passions to showcase the rocky mountains and being born and raised there i know all the secret little spots that i love to showcase and just gra- gather that solitude that I crave so much in those mountains. So a little bit about me. i um, been a photographer for, for about eight years, turned pro probably two years ago. And passion is pure adventure photography, traveling this planet.
0: Amazing introduction. I really like that you were raised in around nature, basically, right? Nature was always surrounding you. So that's probably why you specialize in these genres, right? Because you've always had an appreciation for nature.
1: Absolutely. Born and raised right in the hard, of the Rockies or Southern Alberta there and grew up camping, grew up um, always entertaining the, or wandering the mountains with my dad and um, family throughout the years there. And just the connection and the environment and just being at one out there, being present was always important to my dad when we were always hiking and stuff like that. So I love being able to showcase that. And it's really um, transpired into capturing events around the world or um, adventures around the world as well.
0: So cool. So, you've always been an adventurous soul.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of stitches, a lot of scars to show the adventures over the years. And yeah, it's always been one to push the limits or boundaries.
0: Oh, wow. Scars and stitches. That sounds scary.
1: <laughs> Mostly from um, pedal bites. And back when I was young, nowadays I try not to get scratches. So,
0: yeah. yeah you have Maybe to be careful. Nice <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're carrying a camera. I mean, that stuff's precious. So, you don't want to fall or anything
1: absolutely
0: speaking of cameras what camera equipment do you use
1: i currently shoot with a canon r5 um i upgraded from a previous canon model just the 6d and um upgraded last year or the year before and yeah when they first came out i upgraded to it and i've just never looked back um it's a powerhouse of a camera and um it's still so far past all my capabilities and i just love learning with it and playing with it
0: mm-hmm. and is that a mirrorless camera
1: yeah, yeah, it's the RF um, mirrorless um, camera.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and that's lighter, right? It's better for your yeah. travel adventures.
1: Yeah, it was one of the reasons I it was easy to make the switch just because the lenses, the camera, everything. I dropped so much weight, and when you're adventuring to the top of mountains and always on the move, um, every ounce counts because ounces turns and in, turn into pounds real quick. So, it's very something that we're very um, aware of when we are packing our bags for larger ascents and stuff that. Um, it's trying to figure out what you're taking, and the camera is a must. So if I gotta do without something warm, I will go with the camera all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, even in your day-to-day life, like for me, I have a heavy DSLR, and that I mean, really affects the way that I shoot because sometimes I don't can't be bothered to go out with the heavy DSLR. I just wanna enjoy my surroundings so I, I can see the appeal of mirrorless cameras because they're lighter and it's just easier to move around with them, and maybe you feel a bit more. Invisible as a photographer. I mean, if yeah. I, in the street. Mm-hmm.
1: I absolutely love the DSLR. Like uh, quite a few of the workshops that I'm on, I always lend it out to anybody that's uh, the heavier DSLRs because it's so noticeable once you pick them up and you're working with them. If you're shooting all day and hiking all day, by the end of the day, it's one, it's one less thing you're, you're going to be tired from. So I definitely encourage people if they, if it is the right time to upgrade, it's definitely go with the RFs or the mirrorless and, so many great brands out there that make them right now so it's just it's the buyer's choice
0: absolutely yeah it's amazing how photography is progressing I mean back in the day it was just film cameras and then digital and now it's mirrorless and it's getting I think easier and easier for photographers to uh, adjust to their unique preferences
1: absolutely and what an exciting time I was just having this chat with a good friend of mine the other day on an article he was writing and it was about the the cameras nowadays versus what the cameras were and like the camera used to be just a film camera and that was your genre you never had the ability to switch and nowadays you have a cinematic camera at your fingertips that also does huge resolution in stills and just the adaptability of these cameras it's incredible the conditions the weatherproofing all that stuff just enables a photographer to capture and experience the most atmospheric conditions, whether it's videography or stills or switching between the two. And having that at our fingertips nowadays is what an exciting time to be a photographer.
0: Absolutely. I mean, even the the, the filmmaking capabilities, just being able to make videos. its I mean, photographers have the opportunity to become filmmakers at the same time, right?
1: Yeah, I actually just created my first 10 minute feature and it's nothing um, I'll be sending home about, but it's something that I was very proud to do when I was in Ecuador and the ability to shoot stills at 6000 meters and then quickly switch to video and not lose too much um, time doing the switch. It was it was amazing what was captured up there. And um, Paul and I are just been reminiscing over the video um, stuff. And when we got the, well, when I got better skills to use it, I plan on making more videos of it. It's just that ability to switch back and forth now is just creating new doors and new opportunities for um, clients when they do re- request certain things. It's like, yeah, I can grab some video of that and stuff like that. And you know, you're going to be capturing at a high, high enough resolution that it is usable and it is almost cinematic.
0: Absolutely. So you made your first feature film. Congratulations. On that, that sounds really
1: exciting. In yeah. Ecuador, <laughs> Ecuador? Yeah, in Ecuador, um, we, we um, did four mountains. We climbed four mountains while we were there in 10 days. And part of the challenge that I always set on anytime I do an expedition like that is I want something different that I've never really tried. And I've always dabbled in video where I just make cute little slideshows, stuff like that. But this one was actually make some content that had a story to it, an adventure to it, um, some laughs some crap. Well, not too many cries, but just some great sound and some great music. And you could kind of watch for 10 minutes and follow along on an adventure.
0: That's so exciting. What compelled you to start doing that in the first place, making videos? Uh, of-
1: part of um, the group I um, belong to, um, Offbeat. It's a group of uh, photographers and just a great community that we all Collaborate every year. And part of the goal is every year we set a new new objective for ourselves. And this was a year of not change, but it was a year of setting a goal that you've never really done before. And video was basically something that I've always wanted to, but never been brave enough. And it was just taking that bold leap into it and playing around with it. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But I'll definitely keep my stills as well. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing that you're part of a group like that. And speaking of communities, uh I can really sense that you're a very positive person and it seems like you can make friends really easily. And that's not always very easy to do. As you mentioned before we started recording, you're an introvert. So I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to that feeling of, you know, you're not sure how to reach out to people. You're not sure how to present yourself as a photographer online. So do you have any advice for people like that who want to build their own community, but don't really know where to start?
1: Absolutely. Um, The biggest thing with Not while being an introvert, it's when usually I find it easiest when somebody approaches me first, but it's just starting small, like just making that one friend that loves the same stuff that you do, really aligning those values, those core values with someone, and then just getting out and branching out with that person, getting out, working with that one, and holding each other accountable of, hey, we're going to get out this date and shoot. And then when somebody says, hey, I don't really feel like it you hold that person calm, like we need to get out and shoot and just really working through that. And then adding a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and just building that community. And the biggest thing that I've, I do with the community I'm in, mean, cause I'm such, so shy and such an introvert. It's really hard for me to come out when there are new people around there, but once you have your community, you'll always feel safe with them. And when that newer people come out, it's easy for me to, show the golden retriever energy that I'm accused of having and just acquire a new friend really quick
0: golden retriever energy I love
1: that a good friend of mine Renee Robinson um (laughs) she referred to me the other day there because she's like you're the biggest golden retriever because you you just are happy and go lucky and you're always positive but it's quite weird how um that one stuck with me now
0: yeah, well, that's a nice, I, I, a nice label to have,
1: right? <laughs> it is like you don't get me wrong. We all have our bad days and our sad days and all that stuff. But it's being aware of those days and just knowing that you have the choice to change. And my biggest thing is always have the choice to be happy no matter what's going on in life. And that's one of the ways I try to hold my life and be accountable to myself is to make that day happy. And if it's a sad day, well, it, it ends at midnight and I get to start all over again. So I'll try hard or try again next day.
0: I love that perspective. And I like what you said about building communities. I've never really thought of it that way, actually meeting new photographers and having people you can rely on that you can actually physically go out with and shoot with. That's just, it's taking it to another level, really.
1: It it really is. Like um, I hang out with two other guys and um, we get out a lot and they're usually showcased a lot in my images um, Lee Nordby and uh, Paul, we will set dates throughout the month um, on days that we have to get out. And it doesn't even have to be an objective, really. It's part of just getting out, enjoying our environment, showcasing. And if we get a great pick, we we get a great pick. If not, we've had a great, great amount of fun. And we've had a lot of lot of laughs, usually. And the big thing is, like, when one of us says, hey, we're not feeling up to it or something, we will encourage that person to come out and like, Hey, we got to get out. We can't go this long without hanging out. And it just, it really eliminates, um, the blocks or the, it really helps the creative energy. I find just getting out and consistently getting out and that building that circle of friendship. It's yeah. I've had the best adventures in the world with these guys and I can't wait to continue them. And it's just adding people to the friendship now. And we've got the community quite large that we get out within the Rockies. Um, we've actually started a page on offbeat there where it's called the champions page there, where if we're in certain areas, we can just pull up the page and see who lives in that area and we can give them a ring. Hey, interested in coming out for an adventure. And it's across Canada, some, some in the States, and it's, I think there's one or two global now. So just building those communities is key and it's hard. Like it's Mm -hmm. so hard when you're shy.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but I like that you're challenging yourself. And it's it's amazing that you have these outdoor adventures. It makes sense since you you specialize in travel photography. But the, when I was asking the question, I was thinking about the online world exclusively for some reason. I haven't really thought about, you know, branching out in the real world. It makes more sense that way, right?
1: <laughs> it's really hard. It's not much nicer just texting somebody or messaging them saying hi, I'm so-and-so, and hey, want to connect virtually. It's a lot easier. And that's one thing I've, I really like about social media is the opportunity to connect virtual, to build a friendship. And then it takes some of the scariness of a way of uh, meeting people in person. And then when you can meet that person in person, it's amazing connection that you already have. So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Social media, in my opinion, is a great place to start. And then once you have that foundation, yep. when you have the opportunity to meet someone in real life, then you can really take it to another level and go on the best adventures ever together.
1: Absolutely. Like when you come to Canada now, I hope you look up, look me up in Alberta. We'll go on, for, on an ice adventure in the Rockies.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I really hope to visit Canada. I really want to travel the world, actually. So we should definitely meet and uh, share our adventures with the listeners. Maybe we'll make another podcast episode together in real life.
1: Oh, absolutely. Let's do a live one from the top of a mountain or inside an ice cave.
0: (laughs) Okay, that sounds amazing. (laughs) I'll take you up on that offer. Perfect. You mentioned a few adventures you've been on in in Ecuador and beyond. And I'm curious to know, what is the most memorable photography experience you've had so far?
1: The most memorable one I've ever been on, um, and I've been very fortunate to travel to a lot, a lot of countries, but most memorable is Greenland. Um, We were doing a workshop in Greenland just before COVID, and it was just on the tail end of uh, doing one in Mongolia. And Paul and I were pretty amped up one night. We we're chatting in Mongolia about auroras and stuff like that. And when we were in Greenland, the sky, we, we got the forecast and the Aurora was coming. The only thing that was throwing us off, bit was a full moon and Aurora and full moon don't go too well together, but we crossed our fingers. And that day we had a great workshop. All the participants had a blast and Paul and I asked everyone, do you guys want to come out? We're going to go chase Aurora till sunrise and see what happens. And um, everybody they were a little. They were a little skeptical on coming out in the middle of the night. It was a little treacherous. Uh, landscapes and stuff like that. Uh, large bushes, valleys, and just endless um, uh, cliffs and stuff like that along the seas. So Paul and I um, branched out there, and we literally ran. We actually saw the first glimpse of green when we left the ho- uh, the hostel. I think yeah, it was a hostel we we're staying in that night. And as soon as we saw the glimpse of green, we literally ran to a location that we saw during the day and an hour and a half later of running through the thickest bushes and disappearing into little crevices and falling over, laughing, having a blast. We got to sight there and I'll actually send you the picture after we're done here. But um, it's a picture of me sitting on a sea cliff with a waterfall in the background framed in the full moon with the aurora exploding over top. It was magic. I remember sitting on the cliff there and the waterfall roaring through my pants because I was sitting in the water and just, Feeling connected to the entire world, I felt like every branch I had in me was extending to every one of my friends around the planet. It was very magical.
0: Wow, well, definitely sounds magical. I think the the best uh, photography opportunities happen when you least expect them, or when you're just allowing yourself to be free and spontaneous, right?
1: That that's one of the biggest things. Like we knew where we wanted to go, but we didn't. It wasn't about the shot. It was just to sit there and feel it. Just to sit there and. Sit on that cliff edge and just watch the sea. Like every every element in the earth was there. Like we had the full moon, we had the night sky, we had stars, we had aurora, we had the ocean crashing, we had water running, we had the lava rock. Ew! It was just magic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting all all excited about that one, Rem- reminiscing that feeling of that night. That was probably one of that was one of the top nights in my in my life.
0: No, it's completely fine. I feel excited just imagining it. I I really look forward to seeing the photograph and I'll make sure to share it with the listeners in the show notes as well. So uh, everyone make sure to check out the post and see the photograph that Chris is talking about. PhotographyCourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton.
1: Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level. By clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back.
0: If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Um but yeah, it's uh I think in general, this has been my experience with photography. I often feel like when I don't have any expectations. For my photo shoots, that's when I get the best shots. Like I'm just, it's all about enjoying the actual moment for me and not about thinking about taking the perfect photograph necessarily.
1: Absolutely. I relate to that so well because that that's usually when I like you said, I we get our best stuff when it's unplanned like that. And connecting to the environment is always my priority. Connection with my surroundings is always always surpasses the photography part for me
0: yeah I think it's a great perspective to have, because as a photographer, especially like since you're a professional photographer, I'm sure many of the listeners are full-time photographers as well, there's this expectation that you must always prioritize photography. And of course, that makes sense, but sometimes you lose sight of what's actually important, like the surroundings, the way that you're feeling in the moment, And that's something uh, that you you really master that in your photography. You're so good at being present, and you talk about that a lot on Instagram. I've read a few of your descriptions, a few of your captions related to being present during photo shoots and uh you said that you try to you know connect with nature around you during a shoot but is there anything else you do to remain present while taking great photos at the same time
1: oh absolutely i'll actually take my shoes off at different times (laughs) just to have that one more element of connection um or when i kneel down and that knee gets wet every photographer is out there knows what i'm talking about when you kneel down you kneel right in that puddle and it's like oh man that's a sensation for me that i it's a connection. It's like, there we go. I'm connected to my surroundings again. Um, Quite often in photo shoots, if I start getting too distracted in my head or I try to get, I'm getting too far in the, sh- in the shoot, I'll stop, place one hand on the ground. And I, I'm uh, a yoga practitioner for years and years, and it's called planting a root for me. And it's just planting that root. And I consider my hands and my feet the roots. And as long as I can connect or I'll touch a mountain or I'll touch a tree, and it's just that connection to where I'm at and then just taking that deep breath and saying you're here. And usually that's a great reset for my mind.
0: That's amazing. I'm going to have to start doing that from now on because sometimes during shoots, yeah, my mind just goes all over the place. I'm already thinking about how I'll edit the pictures and how they look online. Yep. Honestly, <laughs> it's just, Oh, it's the worst.
1: <laughs> it's it's so challenging. Then you get home and it's like, wait a minute, where was I? And then you're looking through the photos and it's like, did I, Oh, I don't remember that one. And <laughs> it always bothers me after because it's like oh I missed that I missed that feeling like the one I have in Greenland and those feelings I those are like a piggy bank to me on when it's a bad day or not a fun day or if it's a day that a friend's having trouble with I can share that day with them just through um conversation and I try to capture those days it's one of my goals in life to have as many of those days as I can
0: Right, yeah. And when you don't have a day like that, then it's definitely an important lesson and it's uh,
1: yeah <laughs> oh, I, mm-hmm. I still get those days where I get home and I'm like, oh man, I missed out on that wonderful, wonderful experience in the sunrise. I got it on camera, but did I feel it?
0: Right. And you would think, like, from a photographer's perspective, that the photo is the only thing that matters because then that will get you the attention and the reputation, right? But then at the end of the day, you weren't really present, so what actually matters more, you know?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. If 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 it's gonna get the recognition, the photo will always get the recognition if you're present enough. I b- I believe that. Does does it always showcase? No, but <laughs> it's it's something that I believe and it's it's what's a value for me. No matter how how much attention or how much flits or how many times an image gets shared, it's the emotion that I tie to that image, and that's the important part for any photographer. It's not how much it's liked. It's it's about your connection to that image and what you're trying to portray in the story.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with you. I'm at the moment actually taking a break from social media and that includes photography websites as well because I feel like I'm, I am got so caught up in likes and intention that I my photography started to become this, uh, I don't know, this something that I wasn't really connecting with myself. And the photos that I took just were emotionless to me and oh, to other people. That, yeah, I mean, they saw their own they had their own interpretations and everything in which I really appreciate. But like, for me, when I see my own portfolio, if I'm not happy with it, then I need a break from the world. From the, from the yeah. online world. I mean,
1: <laughs> That's so awesome that you're recognizing that and able to take the break because it's, it's what I think more artists, more creatives, more photographers need to do is just take that break. And I catch myself so often in the imposter syndrome. Um, it, it's a, something that I recognize and it's when I need to take a break too is when I get so caught up because I hang out while I run with some very, very popular, um, I will call them famous um, photographers. And when their stuff is being shared so immensely and so passionately, and you're trying to measure to that, you can't, it's not something that I want to measure to, but it's hard not to. It's a human reaction that we all hold ourselves to and chase that like, and you wonder why they got a like, and it's a, it's so many things, but it's the imposter syndrome and you always question, am I good enough or am I that? But it's holding true to your values and knowing you are. And when it does add up too much, it's taking that break and stepping back and making sure you're creating for the right reasons.
0: That's right. It's great that in this world we have the opportunity to connect with so many people online. Social media definitely has its benefits, but it can be a vicious cycle as well. As you said, you have, you know, you want to share online, you want to share your passion with people you meet all these great photographers and then you start comparing yourself to them subconsciously or consciously, or whatever. It's just human nature, yeah. as you said.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is, but it's that recognition and the honest conversations And when you're good friends with these um, people, it's, it's amazing to trade with them and learn from them and share it and, All that, but it's your art that you're creating for yourself, no one else's. And that's what I remind a lot of photographers about is what are you creating and why are you creating it? Are you creating it for the light? Because that's going to just hurt your feelings. If you're creating it because you want to tell a story, no matter how many people listen to that story, it's your story to be told and it's being shared. And if it changes one or if it causes an emotion in one person, you've done everything you need. Even if it causes emotion just yourself, you've done what you've needed with that photo.
0: I love that. Yeah, it's a very wholesome way of looking at it because, uh, yeah, we often feel like we have to be famous, or well, why are we not doing this or that, or we want attention. Again, human nature. So it's it's good to remember that that's definitely not priority here.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I still end up getting my head caught in chasing that dream of world fame off that one snap of a shutter, and yeah, it still it still happens, and it still catches everybody I know. It still catches. So. It, it's something just to be aware of and talk about. And I think the more people talk about it, the more awareness of it, the healthier we all will be as creatives and not put so much pressure on ourselves.
0: Exactly. And thank you for being open about your experiences with this as well. It's definitely very important for us to talk about it openly and to understand that everyone feels this way, no matter how well-known someone is online or offline or whatever, they still feel what we feel.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know um, I've had a few conversations with very like some of the most creative people I've ever seen and they still have the fight with the imposter syndrome they still have that little guy on their shoulder telling them they're not good enough or telling them that they're faking and stuff like that and when you have those deep conversations with them it's like holy smokes you have those how can you have those there's no way you should have that and then you relate that to yourself and it's like hey that's a natural human emotion we need to make sure that we do talk about this as in your groups and your communities and call it out
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there was something that I read in an article, I believe someone was asking for advice about imposter syndrome and just feeling insecure uh, by comparing themselves to other people. And the advice that was given was something along the lines of uh, if you said the same things to your friend or like if you saw your friend saying those things to themselves uh, that you say to yourself, how would you feel? The natural reaction is kind of frustration or anger. We wouldn't want our friends to speak to themselves the way that we sometimes speak to ourselves and the way that we criticize our own work right Uh, so it's i really like that perspective i know it's very popular the the concept of that but it's something that i try to uh, come back to when i'm feeling insecure about something
1: yeah it's so hard to do but it's it's such a great relation and yeah that is the truest way is like would we ever say that to our friends never um and that's being kind to yourself and i I don't know what it is, but it seems like the creative community is so hard at taking a compliment. Um, it's so hard holding your self-worth. And it's something that I think the more creatives talk about and make sure that we are being positive in our own minds and supporting each other and really being able to talk about the hard topics of why we're feeling down or we're not measuring up, I think that's a great way to start the change.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now let's move on to another part of uh who you are as a photographer which is your amazing adventure of travel photography in your opinion what is something that every single adventure photographer should know
1: every single photo- <laughs> prepare for everything <laughs> um every, yeah it's there's so many things for an adventure photographer to know but i think the biggest thing for every adventure photographer starting out or not go for the adventure And if you get the shot, great. Don't beat yourself up for not getting the shot. Um, the thing I've learned in adventure photography, everything happens so fast and those moments you can have your camera on the entire time ready for it, but you will miss them. Don't, don't beat yourself up for it, but go for the adventure, capture the shot. If you can.
0: I love that. So the adventure is the priority, how you feel during that adventure is the priority. And then everything else is just a bonus
1: yeah and if it's a paid gig i get it everybody out there needs to make money and living too so if it's a paid gig the the rule of thumb is i always have a backup camera body and i have my camera always on ready to shoot and i shoot immensely amounts
0: (laughs) wait how many photos do you get on average per shoot
1: per shoot um it depends I, if i'm bracketing or not um i do do a lot of bracketing cuz um shooting in like extreme it's ex, um like um atmospheric conditions stuff like that the light changes so fast that i love to shoot in bracket so three shots to one i can shoot easy 7000 images on a shoot
0: well 7000 whoa
1: yeah it's also the curse of the r5 um it is so lightning fast and i sh- i shoot it wide open as fast as possible and it's like 30 frames per second or something and it it's a nightmare when you when you hook up to the computer and you just realize how much you shot and what you got to cull it's like ah oh, i need to hire a culler
0: <laughs> oh yeah culling oh my goodness i mean sometimes oh, for most of my shoots i mean maximum 400 photographs per shoot <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but even that i'm like wow it's so much culling <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it is like on on a like a couple hour shoot like most of my shoots like when we're doing adventure will be out for 20 hours if not longer so it, it could be there's there's a lot of time that passes but on a few hour shoot maybe a thousand images like if it's just a specific product shot or something that we're trying to capture in an ice cave still a few thousand
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, every genre has its own uh, requirements, I guess, and its own ways of being approached. So it makes sense for like a 20-hour shoot to to have so many photographs. Uh, that's very yeah. logical. I just thought you took 7,000 photos within an hour or something.
1: Oh, no, no, not, not within <laughs> an hour. But in a day, yeah, I could easily do that if it's the right conditions.
0: Okay, that's very interesting to know. Another part of your portfolio includes environmental portraits, which is quite unique oh. and it's not something that I see very often. I really like the way that you photograph people in these incredibly beautiful places. They all look very natural and relaxed as well, which I think is very difficult to achieve, even if you're shooting friends, because it's it's just normal to feel awkward in front of the camera. So how do you pose your models so that they look natural?
1: Usually, uh, for any time I'm doing any environmental, um, it's always having them in an element, and they're doing... What they normally would do without me before the camera comes out so like a lot of the shots that i do i'll have them walking along the ridge or i'll be watching their normal body reaction throughout the day or within an hour or before the shoot or whatever i'll just watch their normal body reaction and just make a mental note how they're moving um are they stiff normally or are they standing in certain poses that i just love when that when the camera's not out and then as soon as you bring the camera out you'll see that stiff um movement in them and then it's just basically have them walk until they relax a bit, or give them something to fidget with. One of the big things is, is I'll give them something to twist in their hand that you will you won't see in the camera, but it just gives them that distraction that I'm not looking, I'm not on camera,
0: mm. and it's
1: just a great little distraction to just help them relax a bit. Just give them something to fidget with as long as they can keep it out of the view of the camera, so I don't have to clone it out because I hate cloning, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no that makes sense so okay what's an example of something that they would fidget with
1: a hair tie so many lovely um people out there have hair ties and instead of having it on their wrist i'll have them put it in their hand
0: mm, i'm gonna try that
1: twist that or like a little spongy or something or i'll give them a little something out of my bag anything anything just to give give them that little moment of relaxing and then just Really, talk with them, the biggest thing is I, well, the biggest mistake i'm I make and I still make it is I'll get so in the zone of the shoot that I've stopped talking to the model, and that starts making them feel awkward of um what's he thinking what's Chris thinking why is i just why do I just hear the shit or why do I or the shutter not uh, why do I just hear the shutter or why do I just hear the clicks and stuff like that, and it's really just um the whole thing of just communicating with them and it's not talking about oh move your hair to this move your hair to that or step here step there it's like hey are you having fun what do you think of the weather what's your favorite thing tell me about your adventure and just having that dialogue with them just really re- will relax them
0: i really like that because i think when you start shooting out instructions which is fine i know some people really thrive off of that but for me personally it does feel awkward to be like do this do that move your hair here because then the model starts to feel really i don't know like they're under a microscope
1: yeah absolutely and it's it's certain things that I will accept in a shot, um, especially adventure or, um, or portraiture, like environmental portraits. You don't need the hair perfect. If there's the odd thing out of place, you can clone it. I'm not a, like, I don't mind cloning. It's just, I'm lazy when it comes to cloning. But there's certain things that you don't want to always nag at the model um, of, hey, move your hair, move this, turn your foot two inches here, stuff like that. I think the biggest thing is is just having them move naturally and capturing that. When you see that natural movement, stop right there, take two steps back, go into that pose that you were just in, and that natural movement is where I really find that connection. And that's usually when um, the magic is created.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's just as important for the model to be in the present moment as it is for you to be in the present moment during the shoot. And if you're both there uh, enjoying your surroundings and i think it's much easier to take beautiful pictures
1: that's one of the keys right there you mentioned the model has to be having fun if they're not having fun stop your shoot and go do something else because <laughs> if they're not having fun i've <laughs> like in some of the stuff that we shoot there um it is very cold it's very hard on the model um If you're not willing to stand in that ice cold water or on those ice cold rocks or in certain areas, you should never ask your model to be there. And if you see the model shivering, um, not enjoying themselves, get them out of there. You don't want them to have that experience.
0: That's right. No matter how good a photo could be with them shivering in the ice cold water, you should not put them there if they don't want to be there.
1: There's a few reasons why there's a few selfies of me because it, it just, it happens and people have bad days or people are more sensitive to cold some days than other days. And if they're not having fun, you don't want them to be not having them having a memory of, well, oh, I did it for the shot and I wasn't, they, they'll relate to that in negative And it's just something that portrays that is always in the image to me, then that they weren't having fun. And I I would never share a photo that I know somebody wasn't having fun. Yeah,
0: no, that's really fair. And then again, even no, no matter how good that photograph is, no matter how much potential it has to get a lot of attention online, it doesn't mean much if, if you have a bad, bad association with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. We all have tripods and we can all jump in the image and it's a great time to practice self portraits if, (laughs) if the model isn't having fun. And if you want the image that bad, like there's a couple images that I've jumped into and, they're some of my favorite now. And it's like, normally I had no plan of being in that image. Um, it was a mountain mountaineering shot and it was just bitter cold. And the guy had, it was enough and his hands were cold. He was not having fun anymore. And I was like, wait, give me 10 minutes. Go warm up. Make sure my camera doesn't fall over, please on the ice. And I'm going to go hop up there and climb up.
0: Yeah. self-portraiture is the best. It's so fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) okay Chris uh, I'm sure the listeners are very interested in finding out more about you and your work so where can they find you
1: they can find me on Instagram um that's usually my favorite spot to hang out um at Christopher Andrus and I think yeah just Christopher Andres, spelled with a K though so that's always a catch of uh, finding me is spelled with a K um you can find me at offbeat as well um offbeat.com um I'm usually Um, helping there doing something and it's just a great community that I'm always hanging out entertaining um having conversations and just talking about great little things in life
0: amazing okay I'll leave links to all those things in the show notes so listeners make sure to check out Chris's amazing work and I have one more question for you
1: absolutely
0: what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world
1: Uh, I would so many things I'd love to achieve. I think the biggest one is I would love to have a great coffee table book of my adventures. And then the biggest thing is just in the photography community, just being remembered as a nice guy, just being kind. That's probably my biggest goal in the photography world.
0: I think you've already achieved that because you have that golden retriever energy.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, thank you. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's the big goals of life, I think coffee table book and uh, just be memorable Memorable as a nice guy.
0: Yeah, no, I really like those goals. I'm sure you will achieve both of them. You've been on so many adventures and you've taken some pretty incredible pictures. So a coffee table book would be amazing. I would love to own that. And uh-huh. uh, I, I like that you want to be remembered as a nice person because uh, we often think of photography as you know, being not so materialistic, but it's still something that you create on your own, but just being you know your personality being something that's remembered not necessarily your work that's uh you get to create
1: nice. your personality you get to create the environment everybody's surrounded in and being nice is one of the environments i want to create
0: yeah no i love that that's amazing um, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your amazing stories with listeners and with me i really enjoyed speaking with you and i am so eager to see more of your photographs in the future
1: awesome thank you so much
0: thank you too Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return, for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. Chris definitely has golden retriever energy. I had so much fun speaking with him, as you could tell, and I hope that you learned a lot from his wonderful story. I'm very inspired by photographers who want to take good pictures and also connect with other photographers. It's always nice to meet people who want to build communities and strengthen those communities as well. I hope you feel very inspired by this episode, and I hope you're more encouraged than ever to really enjoy your photo shoots and prioritize how you feel during those shoots. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography.